You're listening to Caught Red-Handed. Welcome to episode 28 of the Caught Red-Handed podcast. This episode is the first in a short series of interviews with attendees at the 2022 Mektub Hennick workshop in Marrakesh, which happened just a few months ago. Monique of Alchemy Henna starts us out by interviewing CV about her experiences. I could talk all about our workshop, but I think hearing from attendees would be a lot more interesting. Before we get to that, a little news about Mictube. We launched registration for Mictube 2023. It's going to be held in Marrakesh again, April 29th through May 6th, 2023. And you can learn more about it at mectubehenna.com. So let's get into the good stuff, this conversation between Monique and CV. All right. Um, first of all, um, I wanted to say hi. My name is Monique of Alchemy Henna, one of the hosts for McTube. And I have with me CV from um, Art of the Zodiac. And we're going to talk a little bit about our um, McTube adventures last year. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. I'm super stoked for this. <laughs> what have you got in your cup? I drink, it's uh, layered right? Superfoods. They make a like mushroom coffee blend mm -hmm. that I do every morning with some oat milk. Um, yeah, I'm pretty into it. It kind of got me off regular coffee. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're a coffee drinker. I'm a little bit coffee obsessed, but when I, yeah. um, I also know that if I drink too much, I get <laughs> a little jittery and unfocused. So I limit one cup in the morning and then, and then move on. Um, well, so I mentioned that you were with Art of the Zodiac, and I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us your your bio. Sure, sure. So Art of the Zodiac is just the, well, it's funny. It started as a line of like products, but it's for the most, it's just the sort of name that I go on for my astrological services. Mm -hmm. Astrological services, that makes it sound like there's so many of them. But yeah, I'm a practicing astrologer and tarot reader. All right. So um, that is my, and writer. So those are my main focuses in life, mm -hmm. um, which is funny that we're here to talk about the Big Henna Conference because I, coming in to the McTube world, had no experience with henna other than being a client of yours. Right. So I, I would just... actually wanted to share with folks that <laughs> I know that you do many things because you and I have a collaboration that we do. Yeah. Um, and we probably met through some sort of overlapping Detroit based Venn diagram. Yeah. But I want yeah. to tell, tell people who weren't at McTube last year, how you want to be known. Like, what is the thing that you're most proud of? Um, what ventures that, 
are you doing that you um, identify the most with? Sure. Yeah, definitely my um, astrological work, right? Like um, I'm not working and there's some things I'm working on at the moment, mm-hmm. but I do freelance copywriting and things like that. But yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think the most satisfying thing or, and worth, worth noting to sharing at this point is just my work as an astrologer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm right. Like there's nothing, there's a lot of different ways one can work as an astrologer, mm-hmm. perhaps the most simple and basic is, um, sitting with people to do birth chart readings. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe carrying on that to carrying on with that to do right. Like transits and like sort of birth check-ins if you will Mm -hmm. um and that's my favorite thing to do Mm -hmm. um I really love sitting with someone and hearing their story and and talking about how and you know figuring out how that story has unfolded over time Mm -hmm. um I've had the sincere pleasure of being able to read a couple charts for some of the people that we've been on booktube with Mm -hmm. um and um yeah so that's that's how I identify most as a, mm-hmm. as a writer and a practitioner or someone who writes just, I should say, I don't identify as anything. I um, write and I practice astrology. Okay. And those are the things that I do the most. So what made the leap then from this identification as a, um, a practitioner of um, astrology and as a writer, how did that jettison you into this idea of attending the um, mctube on a journey honestly um okay i will preface this with saying that i'm the sort of person who's like i feel there's some sort of divine intervention and i get like thrown to things that i have no Mm -hmm. right to do right so before i um got into astrology i opened a restaurant having never even worked at a restaurant right like when i was younger Mm -hmm. i was on the board of a synagogue so like I just sort of get thrown into things. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, with McTube, the sort of very like brass tacks reasons was you were, I was getting my henna done and you were talking about how amazing this was. And um, it's, it's just funny. I have a similar story to when I was younger, how I get to like ship to Israel. Anyway, that's a similar story. But anyway, so I'm talking with you about henna and you're like, and I'm like, wow, like Morocco, Morocco sounds fun. And it was literally like, oh, well, henna artists might be into astrology. That's cool. I can make some friends and go mm-hmm. to Morocco. And so that's what happened, mm-hmm. right? Like that was the introduction. Mm-hmm. But I think like coming out the other side of that, mm-hmm. I didn't expect to fall in love with henna culture as much as I have, right? And and like specifically everyone who was on the trip, um, but having this sort of deep reverence for this this art and this practice um, wasn't something that I was, that I could foresee at the beginning at all. Right. And so when we, when Jenpa and Lisa and I were, were formulating a plan, we did want to attract people who weren't specifically working henna artists. So in some ways you were kind of the, the ideal, um, attendee besides (laughs) a henna artist. And so, but with, because you came into something that was super henna focused and there were henna yeah. workshops and, and classes, like what, can you talk a little bit about what that was like to step into that world? Sure. Sure. I will say that as someone who, when we talk about like the McTube henna conference, I think mm-hmm. that's the word that gets thrown around. I think mm-hmm. that conference is really a misnomer, right? Mm-hmm. I think of like astro conferences where you're 
in a hotel and it's like lecture after lecture and it's just like really overwhelming mm -hmm. and wonderful. I love astrology conferences um, or any sort of conference for that matter. Um, but with MacTube, I think it's important to say that it felt like more of like um, a retreat, mm -hmm. right? So you're there, you're sort of, it's a full um, sensory immersion, right? Mm -hmm. So you get there and you're suddenly like, well, in this amazing country, but there's like food and you're stimulated with all these like really like, you know, everyone on the trip themselves, I think is part of the experience because mm -hmm. it's just the sort of the diversity of experience everyone's bringing. So, okay, you're like in this mm -hmm. really beautiful place, eating this wonderful food and you're interacting with all these great people. But then the, the you know, the classes themselves are intimate, mm -hmm. right? And they're very like loose. So for me, it was nice because um, some of them sort of started out with the, like the history of henna. And that was mm -hmm. just really like beautiful for someone who didn't know anything like that was really wonderful. And I could also tell because when I'm starting to understand is henna is such a large monster mm -hmm. that even people who've maybe been practicing for years didn't know the history of say Moroccan henna. Henna. Yeah. Um, so the way I, so to come back to it, the way that it's structured, it's like, you know, there's couches, it's loose. You're not, you're in a very sort of cozy setting with food and mm -hmm. it feels very sort of luxe. Right. And, um, not to make it sound like you're in some sort of posh, it's still right. <laughs> still very no. humble, but it's like, feels very like cozy. Maybe that's a better mm -hmm. word. Um, so yeah, the classes are very like small, intimate, mm -hmm they only last a few hours. Right. So that there's plenty, like there's group excursions. So we went out and we're eating together, but again, it's a small group. So it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like you're like in college and like, you're being like mixed with like 20 students or something like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you, you didn't feel, you didn't feel pressured. You felt like it was a good, like a good fit to be there. Somebody who loves henna and was yeah. right. Really thirsty or hungry for that, that immersive experience, but yeah being a non non-working henna artist and you're not a henna artist now you didn't pick it up you're not I have been practicing I wouldn't call myself a henna artist but I have mm -hmm. been integrating it you don't see it now but I've been doing it like um uh it, it's actually um I've been doing it for myself on the regular yeah that's awesome and, and um and and but but I think it's be, it, anyway that, that that's sort of another side note but to sort of the conference experience right um yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't call it like I know it's a conference, but I wouldn't call it a conference of the world. Yeah, so it feels like, but the things too is like I felt like the classes, if they felt like a little over my head, like the the tape resistant stuff, like <laughs> that was like, okay, like my I can't like I I was just I'm fascinated just watching people with like cones and mm -hmm. um syringes. Mm -hmm. But the tape resist was like just like hella crafty, like next level in my brain. Yeah. Boop. And so I just kind of like went for a snap. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I think that that distinction between henna conference versus, um, as some of us have experienced that's similar to your experience of an astro conference in a, yeah. in a big hotel, you never really leave the area and it, it can be, it's a different kind of stimulating than being in the Riyadh and, um, in an, like you say, an intimate classroom. And I think that's why McTube, uh, henna journey to Marrakesh makes sense instead of saying it's a henna conference. Yeah. And so, well, thank you for sharing about like the, also that you've been drawn to practice henna on yourself. Yeah. Since you came back. I think that's, that's pretty cool. I feel like there's, you and I have talked a little bit about that, just that intrinsic emotional and primal connection to henna and yeah 
um, yeah, like you say, those of us that have maybe even been looking at henna for 10 years or more really had something, something to learn from um, specifically about the Moroccan henna. And most of us, I think, had our mind blown by the, the tape resist. <laughs> yeah. So um, we, do you think that that attending McTube changed how you approach your own work? Yeah, definitely. Um, how should I say this? It's hard to say. Like, there's a, you know, it's interesting as well because I do do some skincare stuff, but mostly I do I do a lot of astrology, right? Like, I do mm -hmm. a lot of just like staring at charts and thinking about symbols, and I'm in my head a lot. And there's something about like the henna that is so grounding, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also this experience with, um, I mean, I'm sort of fascinated with henna on so many levels. There's also this sort of like the temporary quality is something about henna that I really love, right? It's like, it's kind of like, you think about it, like someone who just watches a clock all the time, things shift, right? You're sort of being able to see the, like it's melding, mold melding, yeah? Yeah. Uh, this idea of time mm -hmm. into a physical reality and you can like watch it right it's, it's this sort of like interesting sort of decay process right so on one level it just I mean it's this complete like I'll now like watch a like a lecture like astrology one of my classes and I'll sit and I'll and I'll do henna and it's really meditative and like it's it, the smell itself will bring me into the present moment right is someone who mm -hmm. has like ADD issues, I actually find henna is tremendously helpful. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've talked about this at length, but someone who, um, I mean, when I was younger, thank goodness I'm not there anymore, but had like practiced like, um, I don't know, like self-harm, things like yeah. this. I was like, yeah. oh, wow. Like being able to think about um, sharing henna as a resource for other people is really phenomenal. But yeah, there's something really grounding about it, mm -hmm. right? So just the act of like sitting and, and drawing and feeling like, okay, like, this actually, I did this, this looks, doesn't look that bad, but then, um, yeah. but then, and, but, but kind of watching the passage of time on yourself, there's something really beautiful about that. I love the, the sensorial aspect of henna, right? Like the, just the way it feels when you're putting it on the skin. Yeah. And one of the things I've always enjoyed about it is it's that safe touch, right? Mm -hmm. it, it puts you in your body in yeah. a way that that's pleasant and affirming. And I love your idea of being able to watch time instead of watching a clock. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was actually at a, um, when I was in an astrology conference and there was this, a woman there who, um, you know, a lot of people will make like, um, I should say like talismanic materia, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you're doing some sort of ritual, right. And there's this particular one, I think it's like a Venus talent talisman that's um, there's company, this really lovely, lovely company called Sphere and Sundry. Mm -hmm. um, they make um, like anointing oils and things like this, right? Um, one of the few companies I think most astrologers would trust with elections mm -hmm. and they make this um, like this hair powder. I think it's a hair powder. Don't get me wrong, but there's some sort of like powder for like anointing powder. Mm -hmm. And I was talking with this woman at the conference and she was saying how she mixes this powder with her henna for her hair to like infuse, like magically infuse mm -hmm. it into her. I'm sort of going on a tangent here. Um, but I just love that idea so much that not only can you just, you can actually like infuse like, like, like your 
own skin with this henna. I was like, oh man, that's brilliant. That doesn't um, feel like a tangent to me. Remember when the Ganawa music musicians played? Yeah. Right. That's that's kind, not really talisman, but that kind of magical thinking and the tying um, the the imagery and the um, I don't know how I want to say it because we, we talked a little bit about the Lala's, right? Yeah. Lala Isha, Lala Malika and Lala Mira. Mm -hmm. And the Ganawa musicians reinforced that for us. And even with the the aromas that were blunt are burnt for each of the the ladies like they're everything just kind of goes together and like you're saying being able to infuse the skin and the hair and the body with this other uh, material and the henna and I don't know the the materiality of it is symbolic in itself and so I don't I, that doesn't feel yeah like I think about like this idea of right like infusing the henna with this intention right and mm -hmm. so it can be it's just this like act of right really sitting with your body and for somebody who's in their head a lot right mm -hmm. that like remembering to actually physically bring it in is mm -hmm. something really beautiful so right like I'm not about to go open like a henna shop by any means right that's not my intention Don't rule that it, out <laughs> but it was this wonderful gift to be able mm -hmm. to like do this on myself or even like my friend you know a dear friend of mine who lets me you know do it on them um that's just a wonderful thing. And also like my, uh, my family's from Iraq. I don't really know them, but I know there's a henna culture. So it feels like this interesting sort of connection to ancestry. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. The human, like real human connection through this, the henna and the henna experience shared with, with, you know, close people. And I love the idea of connecting it to your roots even if that wasn't your motivation for going, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. fact that you came away with that, that connection feels really significant. Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting. I will tell like the, the group of people that you brought together, was just absolutely like phenomenal. Like there isn't a person on that trip that I don't want to like, that I, I want to see all of them again. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I really want to spend time with all these people. Like I signed up for next year's trip because I want to see the same people again. Mm -hmm. And What's, and they came from all over the world. And what's fascinating, I, I found there was like a thread in most people's, not everyone's, but most people's story was that like henna saved their life. Like, which just, like, if you told me that before, I'd be like, what are you talking about? It's like draw, right? Like drawing, I don't get this. But there's this interesting through line with henna where people were like, I don't know. I just, I fell in love with it. It's almost like the henna spirit or something. Like you to be able to talk about like plants, like ayahuasca, like the plant finds you. But it's interesting when you, people hear these people's story about henna they're like I was doing this thing in life and I was kind of lost and then henna found me and I became obsessed with it and it was the thing to give me motivation to get out of my depression or to change my life or build my career and you meet these people that are doing these like amazing things in the world and they're like I owe it to henna and it's it sounds to anybody who's not sort of in this world absolutely absurd but if you're hearing this these testimonials it's the most like moving beautiful like profound thing to hear yeah there I think that there was a bit of kismet in that particular group that um and and we're hoping that that folks like yourself will will yeah. join us and then and then maybe you know there will be another beautiful group of people even if it's not exactly the same a beautiful experience in similar sure. and different ways
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't doubt that. And it was, I'm by no means like, I don't want to meet new people, but I just, it was such a lovely, like, Mm-hmm. And maybe it is, maybe there is something about, like, I'd love to learn more about like the, the henna plant, right? Like thinking about like how plants we know have like their own sort of consciousness and their own sort of agendas, right? You think mm-hmm. about like, I even think about too, like this, we're in this age of air and like how marijuana has like become like this, you know, we went from being this sort of illicit thing to being everywhere now. And even thinking mm-hmm. about like, I mean, I am not an expert on this, but I know that like people will sit with plants for like a very long time and go on like sort of dietas, right? And so thinking about what is the spirit of henna and is it, how is it bringing these people together and who does it want to bring together next? I'm going to sit with that for a second. I think that's really poetic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. So who, who have you had contact with? Who have you talked to? Um, I was in, so this is really sweet. I was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so I saw Jeannie. Um, I was actually there for an astrology conference. And so I saw Jeannie both. She picked me up from the airport and I hung out with her when I got into town. And then when I left town and Jeannie, by the way, is a um, henna artist, but she's also just like an amazing um, artist and um, photographer. Her work is Jeannie Lewis, right? I can't remember anyone's last yeah. name. Yeah. Please, like help me everyone. Um, mm-hmm. She's everyone like Google her. Her work is incredible. She does these like, um, I forget that this is audio only. I'm making big hand gestures right now. Um, but she does these like amazing like headdress things. I think there's a raw, like that's not quite the correct term, but she does these amazing sort of wearable sculptures and then photographs them. And her work is, I'm obsessed with her work. Um, yeah, they feel very ceremonial. Yeah. 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 They're exquisite. And then, um, yeah. And then, um, so yeah, I saw her in Seattle and then I, of course you and, Mm -hmm. um, oh my goodness, my brain is hurting really bad right now. (laughs) Did you go to New York? I did. I saw Lisa Kenzie and I know it's Lisa or Kenzie, but I call it's Lisa. That's her full name. Right. I still, she's like, you can call me Lisa or Kenzie and I get confused. (laughs) You know, a lot of us that have been, um, in, in henna for a long time, really, I may have been surprised to learn that her name was Lisa because we we've known her as Kenzie primarily. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kenzie. Yeah. I, I had the pleasure of um, seeing her in New York mm-hmm. and I was like, she lives near my friend, Paula, who's an amazing astrologer. Mm-hmm. Um, actually Paula's friend, Jim, because I always forget that Paula doesn't like always live there. She's a traveling musician. Anyway, I'm going on, but um, yeah, Kenzie is like one of the organizers of this trip. And again, one of the most like kick ass, like beautiful humans I've met in my entire life like mm-hmm. it's like she's an amazing henna artist but then she also has this like uh day like day life day life as like she's worked for the UN she's just like traveled all over the world and has these just insane experiences but then is somehow this like really grounded easy to talk to lovely human mm-hmm. right like if I didn't I just kind of am lucky that I went on this trip like not knowing anything well, you were very adventurous about it. You traveled alone, didn't you? I did. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know anyone. I didn't research anything. I was like <laughs> the worst, but it's probably for the best because I probably would have been super intimidated, right? Because you have these people who've been working, like writing books and in the henna community for years. And I just had no clue. And I'm just like, I'm just going to out with these people. And I feel super, super fortunate. Um, and also lucky because these people who are just like powerhouses, I mean, she, or like her knowledge of Hannah is just insane, but she's again, 
easy to talk to, mm -hmm. super like humble. Mm -hmm. So you traveled alone. What was it yeah. like landing at the airport there in Marrakesh? And that were you, did you have any trepidation about it? Or you just, you're just that adventurous and open to the experience? I mean, I've traveled like other places by myself. Like, mm -hmm. I've, I don't know. It's funny. I've been to Israel, go to Mexico. The only thing that caught me off guard about the Marrakesh airport is that no one's happy. Um, it's fine, but I didn't, I, I think that's a cultural thing that I did, wasn't aware of. Right. Usually it's like, you know, at the, cause I'm a pretty benevolent person and usually at like the, um, what is it like passport, right? We, sure. There's a name for that. Yes. Passport, whatever. Um, they're like, you can, you can get them to crack a smile and be like, you know, like, Hey, how's your day going? Whatever. And then no mm -mm. passport, nope. con <laughs> passport control didn't play. No, they do not. It's like, that was like, I mean, everyone else in the airport was five. It was like customs. Like they just don't want to smile. It's like, you look and everyone's like, no one's smiling. Everyone feels mm -hmm. very stern. Um, any but, other observations like, once you got out of the airport? With, with, <laughs> like, you, I will say this. Um, and I know that I was with a group of people, but there were a lot of like Moroccans on the trip, right. Mm -hmm. As well. Mm -hmm. Um, people were telling me like, um, I was, I didn't ended it. I ended up not extending my trip because the people I knew who had traveled to Morocco before were like, as a woman, you don't want to be alone. And like, they kind of like made me super nervous. And I have to be honest, like traveling around Marrakesh, like I was like, oh, this is fine. Like, I don't feel, um, right. Cause I, I don't know, like I, nobody was, um, yeah, people are super friendly. It's a very easy country to travel in. But I mean, it's I mean, harder also to walk down there. the street in New York, isn't it? What? Harder to walk down the street in New York. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, New York, like, is like filled with garbage. And sorry, everyone from New York, but New York's kind of like, um, <laughs> it's I was true. referring to like when I, people will, I feel like when people ask you, well, how was your trip? They're kind of expecting you to be, to respond in a kind of way that is, maybe disparaging and yeah we've all had these really positive experiences yeah and I think it's just kind of like knowing where you are right so like you're in a you know what it was like an Islamic culture right mm -hmm. so I maybe I wasn't dressing as flamboyant as I usually do right mm -hmm. so I was covered mm -hmm. and so it, yeah like people are friendly it's not like yeah. I wasn't like oh man someone's gonna kidnap me like it was chill. Like, yeah, they will. And so outside of the, the passport control, the people like in Marrakesh are, are quite friendly. Yeah. And then yeah. maybe that's kind of what I was getting at. Was it like, at first you're like, no one smiles at customs, but yeah. other than that. And again, I didn't want to pretend like I'm a spokesperson for Marrakesh mm -hmm. because I've been there once for like eight days. Mm -hmm. Um, but as someone who wants to go on this trip, right. Um, I would definitely say that you know, do some research. I wouldn't like, like, but I think as long as you're just like a pleasant, respectful human, you'll have an awesome time. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you've learned since you came home that you wish you had known when you were there? Yeah. Henna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it took me so long like I'm so proud I'm like practicing I'm like oh I can draw a line now this is very exciting and I'm like oh if I could have just had the basics down I could have learned so much more mm. um 
and also, yeah, I wish I would have known a little more about the, the, and I wish I would have extended my trip. I wish I would have, um, taken the time to meet some people beforehand. So I guess that is something for someone who's coming and maybe they're excited, but they don't know anybody. Right. Like I didn't anticipate to be it, to be such a friendly group of people. Mm-hmm. So I was like looking up hotels and I was like, it was like really expensive. And I was like, this is insane. But then I realized, oh, if I like had reached out to somebody it, staying later, wouldn't have been that big of a deal. So maybe if somebody's coming into this trip, and they do want to stay longer, or they have any sort of questions, I would really encourage them to reach out to, um, you know, the organizers, or even anybody else on the trip, I will say as well, sort of on that line, um, I at the right before the trip, I had some questions, and I reached out to Kenzie, because I was really overwhelmed by the group text. And she got back to me immediately, and was really helpful. So Mm -hmm. I would just for people who are interested in the trip know that it's a very like personal connection and there are people who are there for you. Oh, well, I'm really glad that that was your experience. I think that, you know, the hospitality piece and the, the looking after the people who were there was really, really important to the three of us. So I'm glad that that was your experience too. Um, can you describe a little bit more about like the specifics of being in Marrakesh? Like, is there a particular moment or, or scent or sight, sight or sound that you can reflect on? You know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to, because my brain is maybe not as focused as I could be. Um, I'm, I'm really into jewelry, right? Like I just, I love jewelry. Honestly, I don't know that much about the history of jewelry. Mm-hmm. So aside to all of this that I didn't expect was to be able to be on this trip with Jenpa, who is like this jewelry historian. So for him to like take us around to the different um, jewelry stores, markets, um, shops, mm-hmm. shops sounds better. Like jewelry mm-hmm. store, it sounds like it sounds like I'm dying, buying um, a wedding ring or something, right? These shops and to really... Um, learn the history of you know because because I think um I didn't realize but jewelry is such an important part of um, Moroccan culture and so to be able to be immersed in that um and with with uh with the guide of someone who very much knows what they're talking about was incredible like that was a just an unexpected piece that I came away with mm-hmm. so much so that I signed up for this other retreat in Nebraska where he's going to be speaking. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, I'm really excited about this piece too, because this is something that we heard from participants. Like we want more about this other piece of culture that's, you know, related to, to Hannah, but it's a very material piece and that's scent and, um, the connection to jewelry. And so that we've expanded that for the group that attends in, in 2022. I didn't know you were going to Nebraska. That's awesome. I literally just signed up for it. Yeah. And, and you did the piece. I'm sorry. So you also did that um, like workshop, which I thought was what I liked about this conference. It really felt like you were, how should I say this? I'm not from the henna world, so I don't know what goes on. I don't know the whatever, but it was just like, you're in this place with these people who are like, have devoted their lives to these areas of study. Right. So mm-hmm you're a henna artist, but you also know about plants and healing, right. And, and beauty mm-hmm. and this, and that's also, again, a huge part of Moroccan culture. Mm-hmm. And then we get Jenpa with obviously the henna, cause he's 
I would say the scholar in that area, but also with his um, understanding of like the history of jewelry. Mm -hmm. And what you get with this experience, and that's why I made the conference just doesn't cut it because what you are, it's almost like you're coming in and you're spending time with people who've devoted their lives to areas of study. Plus you're hanging out in a country with plenty of Moroccans and you're just like, it's this full immersion experience, right? Because you can't really, right? You can't separate henna from culture. Mm -hmm. right the same way that you can't if you start to separate scent from culture that becomes problematic as well or then what is jewelry without meaning it's just sort of empty right and so I think that to really bring it together is that why this is such a beautiful trip because it is it's intimate it's experiential right you get to know really make friends with people that also are embedded in Marrakesh as well or mm -hmm. Morocco I should say so for you, it wasn't the, necessarily a sight or a smell or that for you, like the jewelry and, and really being able to have that, that expanded knowledge for you because you, exactly. you like, I love it. You're like, was there a sight or smell? And I'm like, all of them, you can't, I was like, yeah, I, I, did, I got really greedy there. It was all of them. It was all of it together. It was like the food. It was the, um, you know, again, being able to sort of go to the, um, I want to say bathhouse. Is there another word? I think hammam is what you're looking hamam. for. Hammam. Yeah. Hamam. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You so enjoyed that. that. You enjoyed the hammam. Yeah. But I think also like bathing is my like number one recreational activity. So what the water specifically or all of this, the sensory part of it? Uh, I mean, I do, I do a lot of saunaing in my like day-to-day -day life. I do a lot of sound baths. I do a lot of floating. So any sort of <laughs> bathing how I unwind really oh <laughs> awesome I'm so glad you're gonna be there again I'm such a kook <laughs> you're my favorite kind of kook <laughs> yeah um so is there anything else that you would like to to tell either me or you know the the listeners about your your experience something that I didn't think to ask you already yeah I played hooky for a day with a friend and we went to the um modern art museum in marrakesh there's a name for it and it's amazing it is one of the most if you like art right and because also too right when you're in morocco and you're doing henna you're looking at how like the designs sort of are in the architecture right and that's part of it as well of like you know this is an art form but going to that museum was just incredible it's one of the most like better museum experiences I've had in my entire life. You actually shared with me that, you know, maybe it had been visiting Tiskiween, one of the, the smaller textile museums, and then witnessing some of the same imagery in the modern art museum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was incredible, right? Seeing the imagery sort of like how that we realize that how Mahana is so embedded in, in sort of not just one culture, right? Like these symbols start coming out, you start like seeing them everywhere. Yeah, and regional, right? Because yeah, regional, yeah. Right. Because the you know borders are somewhat arbitrary. And so it's yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the modern art museum. Did you did you explore anything else outside what what McTube did? No, no, I really want to. Like next year, I'm kind of jealous. I know a group of people went to see um, like the henna farms. And now mm. that we're having this conversation, I want to go and spend time with henna plants. I feel like that's the next level. That's beautiful. <laughs>
All right. I, so I've asked you um, about surprises. I've asked you about travel. I've asked you about the, the sensorial experience. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Monique. And uh, this has been lovely. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah. And well, I'm also really delighted that you are, you know, you're exploring your, your own kind of path and connection with henna after, after attending um, with us. I mean, like, honestly, like, I kind of left being like, how could I not? Like, I literally have access to like the best henna practitioners in the world, right? Like some of them. And I was like, I would, this would be a fool not to like, feel like this is an invitation to at least explore this mm -hmm. amazing art. One of my favorite moments was watching you watch Khadija when we were at, um, at the river. Yeah. And then I think that first moment when, when she had you spread the, the henna on her finger, was that your first time actually touching the material? I think it was. Yeah. Ugh, I love her so much. I, I'm, I'm stoked to see her next year. I'm so excited. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to um, sign off and let you do the rest of your day. This has been fantastic. We covered a lot of ground in a really short amount of time. I love it. Have a beautiful right. day, friend. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye. Bye.